It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Magic and the Orlando Magic Daily Podcast. Today is December 28th, 2017. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor of OrlandoMagicDaily.com, and I'm joined today by a special guest, Andrew Bernuka. He wrote. Uh, he writes for the Step Back as well as I'm sure other places because we all write for multiple multiple sites. And we'll, we'll get we'll let him plug those in just a moment. Um, but Andrew last week wrote a post uh, about where the Orlando Magic go from here, kind of a, a a trade idea column on how to fix the Orlando Magic. And I thought it was a really good exercise to kind of get a, an outsider's perspective on the team as well as uh, kind of figure out what he learned about what this team's options are as we get closer and closer to the trade deadline. Obviously. That post was written before the Nikola Vucevic injury, so we'll discuss a little bit about what that injury means. But let's bring Andrew on now. Andrew, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing great, Phil. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. And um, no, yeah, Step Back is mainly where I'm at. Uh, I contribute to a few other small uh, European sites because uh, I'm a Euro Hoops guy. Awesome. Um, but yeah, so uh, I mean, yeah, the, the Vucevic injury hurts, as you know, that was half the trade options that I put in that piece. Um, but maybe if he's back in, in time for the trade deadline, they can figure something out with him if they choose to deal him then. Yeah, it's gonna be it's, it's gonna be real interesting to see how the Magic handle that. Um, the, the the timeline that's been given is that Vucevic will be out six to eight weeks. Uh, six weeks is uh, at least from the point of injury. Six weeks would be the weekend before the trade deadline, so it's gonna be a little bit tight. Um, I'm. I'm personally a little skeptical that they'll be able to to make a trade for uh, involving Vucevic without him actually stepping onto the floor. Uh, but you never know. The NBA is a weird place after all. Um, but, you know, I think before we start diving into some of the trade ideas, um, what are, I mean, obviously the Magic season has been this roller coaster ride, this up, this kind of up and down affair. Um, 
what 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 are your overall impressions of the roster as it stands now and and and, and how they've fared so far this season um they impressed uh, right out the gate. That was actually another piece I wrote for the step back when they were, you know, everybody was just firing on all, cinder- all cylinders. Gordon, Vucevic, uh, Fournier. I mean, everybody was hot at the beginning, and, and you guys started out like six and four or something like that. Um, eight and so, four. That's what, eight and four. Yeah. yeah. Eight yeah, something like so, that. Six and four. I think they were six and four, and then they won two more games, and and then and then and then the wheels fell off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, three and twenty cents. Um, <laughs> you know. And so it's clear that that level of shooting that Vogel kind of needed to help that team out was attainable. Um, but what it looks like right now is injuries have certainly played a role in this is um, it's not sustainable for this roster. And it's, there's just so much, so much of the roster when you look at truly looks okay, especially on a salary cap sheet. I mean, Fournier at 17 mil over four years, which we'll get into more later, isn't ideal, but then like, Everybody beneath him is fine. You know, Ross at 10.5 over two years. DJ Oxen at like 7 mil for the next three years. They're all on good deals. Jonathan Simmons is on a really good one, owed 18 mil over the next three seasons total. Um, but then you're just hamstrung by that Bismack Biombo deal that, that Hennigan gave. You know, it was like five years, 17 mil each year. And he's got three years left on that. And that basically just has the, the whole, you guys come completely destroyed in terms of trying to make a huge trade that could really help this franchise. Yeah, and I think that's obviously that's obviously a, a huge, huge kind of uh, uh, impediment to everything. And it's not just that. Honestly, it's it's not even just that Biombo is is overpaid, which which I mean, I think we all can agree he is. It's you're not getting a lot, you're not getting a lot from him on the court either. So it, it further hamstrings you. And of course, um, you know, I think a, a lot of fans here in Orlando are really antsy because it's been now five years coming up on on six that the Magic have missed the playoffs, uh, and there doesn't seem to be a lot of maneuverability out of it um, because, you know, when you talk about contracts, the Magic have two restricted free agents coming up this summer in Aaron Gordon and Alfred Payton. Uh, Aaron Gordon is someone that it feels like they're going to re-sign this summer, um, and so that's going to take up the majority of the cap space that they have available to them, even if they let Alfred Payton walk or figure out what they're going to do with Alfred Payton, which I'm sure we'll talk about in in a little bit as well. Um, But... Aaron Gordon's going to be a huge chunk of this summer, and free agency just it isn't really an option to make this team better. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I imagine somebody's going to offer Gordon the max this summer, and you guys will match it. Um, I, I, with some of the guys who've been getting other crazy offers, I find it very hard to believe he won't get there. And then, especially considering uh, a considering how few teams have cap room this summer, and and b you know I think Gordon's probably going to be going to everyone even though he's a restricted free agent. I think a lot of teams are going to feel that he is relatively attainable, plus he's super young. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, I think there's only like five or six teams who have cap room, um, which is, I mean, a very low number. One of them is definitely going to throw it at him. And, you know, the Magic have kind of staked him as as their their franchise guy going forward. Um, well, I'm not sure he's, you know, the ideal pick for a franchise guy. He's definitely the best one on this roster right now. And who knows, maybe he does get to that Blake Griffin level that people have kind of looked at him for. Um, so that'll be the plan from there. And then, yeah, after that, I mean, free agency isn't an option, you know, Orlando needs to be getting in the playoffs again and kind of have like a young, exciting core for them to become a free agent destination. And 
I'm sure that's kind of Hammond's goal right now because he came from Milwaukee where, you know, that was never a free agent destination. You know, the guys he was signing in Milwaukee were the Monte Ellis's of the world and, and players like that. And I'm sure one of the reasons he was happy about this Orlando job was if he can get financial flexibility back, Orlando, and you know, this warm weather state will be a free agent destination again. Um, and that's what he wants to do. But it's really hard to do it with that 17 mil old to Biombo on your salary sheet. <laughs> yeah, and I think, I, think, I think that's been the biggest thing that that Magic fans have had to come to terms with this year is that there's just very little maneuverability. I mean, I, I think I think a big thing that everyone's had to try and figure out is how did the Magic get themselves out of the hole that they've been put in, and and it's you know especially. Right now, you're watching Victor Oladipo tear it up in Indiana. Tobias Harris is playing very, very well in Detroit. Um, there are a uh, there are a lot of former Magic players. I mean, D- Dwayne Dedman had a good year in San Antonio last year after mm-hmm. leaving Orlando. Maurice Harkless is starting. I mean, it, it, it was never that Rob Hennigan couldn't find talent. He, he had an eye for talent, but he but obviously a lot of these trades left a very bitter taste in everyone's everyone's mouth uh, and. And uh, of course, um, the, the the magic kind of are stuck with what they've got in a lot of ways. I mean, I think that's been 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 one of the more frustrating parts of this whole thing is is there's just no clear way out except to maybe pull a trade. And so, you know, I thought your your post came at a really good time. I, I think Magic fans are already thinking about trades. You know, at a certain point, they're thinking, oh, we're going to be buying at the deadline. We're going to be looking for that last piece to make the playoffs. And and I was always like, no, 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 no. Like, the Magic are not going to do that. They're going to make moves to make their long-term vision better. And, and I think a lot of it is to kind of clear those clear those books if they can or, or bring in players that fit more of the vision that they have for this team. Before we dive any deeper into our conversation with Andrew Bernica of the Step Back and the Magic's trade future at the moment, I wanted to say a quick word from our pals over at MyBookie. Bowl season is obviously here. My Northwestern Wildcats will play the Kentucky Wildcats on Friday in the Music City Bowl, and I'm very, very excited about that. And it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. Are you sick and tired of getting the runaround when you ask for payout? Sign up at MyBookie.ag today and get paid fast when you win. MyBookie is your hookup for all your betting needs, and you can even deposit using Bitcoin. I know that's been popular of late. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on, and if you want to make money betting the bowl games you got to go to mybookie.ag. They're the only site I'd recommend. I trust them, but you don't have to take my word for it. Check them out yourself. They have odds on every matchup, as well as in-game live betting on all the season's NFL action, as well as the college bowl games. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a 50% bonus. It's a 50% bonus. All you have to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's locked on to activate the offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, 
everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Uh, so you did the exercise. You tried. You, you, you uh, solicited some Magic fans. You solicited some ideas for, for trades. Put a few together. What, 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 was, what was your kind of overall finding in making uh, the Magic sort of a, a, a trade partner or trade team? Yeah, I mean, when you look at the roster right now, uh, they really, I, you probably, or you definitely have seen more Isaac than I have, but that guy really, they Not don't want to throw We haven't trades. seen much of Isaac either way. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I know they really, no matter what, don't want to start talking about him in trades yet unless it's to get some star, which I don't see happening. Um, so he's kind of off the table. You know, Gordon, they want to keep those restricted free agent rights. So he's off the table. And then, you know, Simmons on that good deal, I really don't think they should be looking to trade him. And then a lot of guys like, you know, Alfred Payton, uh, you brought it up, maybe, just maybe somebody will want those restricted free agent rights. Like, if you can find a deal maybe with the Suns because they just don't have an NBA point guard right now. Um, and then, like, Terrence Ross isn't going to – has, like, no trade value. You know, he's not bringing anything back. And that's and almost – right now, too, which doesn't to help. Look like. Yeah. So – what that leaves you with is Evan Fournier and Nikola Vucevic. And now Vucevic just got hurt, well, which sucks. But regardless, that's really it. And when you start looking at realistic potential trades for those guys, it really just kind of turns into salary dumps. And while that may not sound ideal, um, it's important to keep in mind that, you know, right now the Magic have all like their draft picks for the foreseeable future. Um, they've got a few extra second rounders in there and maybe a first rounder if um, an, an OKC pick falls out of the top top 20 over the next three seasons from, you know, 2020 to 2022, which seems like could happen. Um, then they'll get another first round pick as well. And so dumping these contracts um, could really help this team out because at the same time, what I don't think is on the table for this franchise, but fans don't want, maybe I'm wrong, is that they don't want to see another blow it up and rebuild. That was what Hennigan talked about when he made the Dwight Howard trade, which he won. And now, you know, five years, five seasons later, um, they're no closer to, you know, seeing the end of the rebuild process. They kind of still feel like almost, you know, near the beginning. Yeah, I, I think I think I think your sense there is absolutely right that the Ma- that Magic fans don't want to see a rebuild. I mean, I I feel a lot of uh, comments on, on online from fans from disgruntled fans who are like, I don't know why I'm paying to see this right now. Uh, you know, this team just needs to win. And and my response to them is always like, look, the the trying to rush the rebuild is what got the Magic into this problem to begin with. So you can't go faster than, you know, than everything will allow. But I agree, the on-court product right now, it it it, it can be better. Um, it's not good right <laughs> now because the team is just struggling to just be competitive on most nights. I mean, I think, uh, you know, I, even I think after after Friday's game, I commented to a couple to, to a couple riders, like, when was the last time the Magic were competitive in a game? And, and, and really even last night, uh, our Tuesday night against Miami, uh, they were competitive for three quarters, and then the bottom just kind of dropped out from under them in the fourth. Um, but, you know, the, the idea of a salary dump, um, you know, I've been preaching this for a long time that, 
you're not going to get equal value back for Nikola Vucevic because the, the Magic probably see Vucevic as a starting center, but everyone else in the league, or at least everyone else that, that might be chasing him, probably sees him more as a backup center, as a, as a six-man yeah. type guy, as an Ennis Cantor with the Thunders is how we've always described him. Um, and, and Evan Fournier, I'm curious what, what his value is around the league too um, because the Magic have had to use him as their number one guy essentially, and that's probably not who he is either. So, uh, you know, you, you talk about a salary dump. What what does that look like? What kind of assets can you get in that kind of a scenario? Yeah, um, so for Fournier, after, you know, messing around on the trade machine, machine and making sure things work, you know, the, the stuff I came up with um, – Two options that I think are are really good is sending him to the Jazz for Derek Favors, who was on an expiring deal and a second round pick. Um, you know, I don't like I wrote in there. I don't know if the Jazz do this now. I think maybe if they had seen the offer in the summer, uh, they would have they might have pulled the trigger because back then they were like, you know, we need to share up perimeter scoring. But at this point in the season, they know Donovan Mitchell can score in this league. Um, so they probably don't want Fournier taking minutes away. But if the Jazz uh, or if the Magic were able to make that deal happen, you know, they get favors who would come in nicely now that Vucevic is injured. His contract runs out in the summer. Um, he would finally get to start and, you know, not be forced either alongside or behind Rudy Gobert. And, you know, they get another second round pick. Um, second option is to send him to the Kings for George Hill straight up. Um, Hill's complained that he doesn't really like what's going on in Sacramento right now. Um, I don't know why he didn't see this coming in the summer. That still bewilders me. But why all those whatever. veterans didn't see this coming in the summer? <laughs> whatever. Um, I think you know maybe he thought they were signing like the 2003 version of Vince Carter, but <laughs> that's what happens. And I mean that's not bad. I mean the Magic get their first like you know legitimate solid starting point guard that they've had you know since Jameer Nelson was running the pick and roll with Dwight Howard. Um, and then you could send him to the Clippers for Lou Williams, whose deal is expiring, and Wesley Johnson, who's only got two years left. Um, and the Clippers would need to use their DeAndre Liggins trade exception to make that trade work. And, you know, I maybe there's a chance that happens. If You know, it depends how close the Clippers are to looking at the roster and saying, uh, we might need to blow this up. You know, there's rumors they're ready to deal DeAndre um, with all the injuries and everything. And, you know, they signed Gallinari, but he just gets hurt left and right. So maybe they don't want to do that, but they could look at that and say, okay, you know, a long-term perimeter scorer, if these other guys can get healthy, you know, they hold on to Beverly and Teodosich and Austin Rivers still, uh, maybe they're interested in that. And then the last one for Fournier, and, you know, I think this is this is the worst one for the Magic, even though they pick up a, a solid asset. They could send him to the Pelicans for Alexis Ajinka, who's got two years left, and then that bad Solomon Hill deal, Solomon Hill deal which is, If they get the Pelicans, but if they get the Pelicans to send back like their 2018 first round pick in there, um, maybe it's okay. I mean, I imagine if they did that, the Pelicans would want to throw some protection on that pick in case their season still blows up. Um, and, you know, the GMs could set that up in a way so that no matter what, the Magic would eventually get a first rounder. And, you know, that's really it for Fournier to, to be realistic and to be quite honest, um, unless some team is way higher on him than, you know, you are, or I am, and I really like Fournier being a Euro guy. I mean, yeah. I think he's a really good player, but the truth is, you know, you look at him, he's not a plus defender, kind of needs a ball in his hands, um, and you're not sure if he's really that level of player who you want to always have the ball in his hands. You know, the teams who look at him right now can really use him, 
are teams in the situation like the Magic where they need a professional perimeter score? And the other teams that need that are, you know, the Nets, the Bulls, uh, maybe not even the Bulls right now without Chris Dunn is playing. And, you know, that kind of really just starts to deplete his trade value, especially being a four-year deal. Yeah, it, it, it still it still feels like to me that Fournier is, is another year away from being dealt. Um, I think I think what's really interesting is, is maybe the timing of it, uh, timing of all this. Obviously, like a deal for a guy like Derek Favors, he's on an expiring deal, which which I think the Magic would prefer. I think they prefer to get kind of short term expiring deals. Um, I I think though that that you know maybe the timing is just not going to be right for the Magic to make a deal at the deadline. I mean, they're already hearing rumors of the Magic. Planning to be active uh, at the trade deadline, I'm sure they'll be a- they'll be amenable to maybe taking on a bad salary. I mean, maybe they'll maybe they'll be the team that you know wins that quote unquote wins the Luol Deng lottery just to, to and as long as they get a like high value first round pick from the Lakers or an unprotected first round pick in return for that too. Just kind of hope, just kind of taking the taking the gamble maybe that the Lakers won't get one of their big fish and won't improve as dramatic as dramatically as the Lakers might believe or or you know there, there's definitely some things they can they can do or might be willing to do to, to get out of some bad salaries they, I mean the question is whether they'll, they'd be willing to take a bad salary to, to get a draft pick or, or to to or, or to, to be in that market um there's there's rumors that the magic might actually be a team that is willing to take a, a buyout veteran and 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 just eat the buy, and eat a buyout from someone from a team that is looking to shed, shed a guy somewhere. And so um, it's, it's. I, I think the Magic are just in a very tricky place. And, and, and you know, honestly, I, I kind of applaud Jeff Weltman and John Hammond for being patient. Uh, you know, I think a lot of fans were frustrated this summer that the Magic didn't do more, that the Magic uh, kind of, stood pat during free agency uh, and, and kind of waited things out a little bit. And that proved to be a, a prudent strategy, although the team hasn't performed well on the court, but it, it preserved a lot of their cap room. I mean, you look at Simmons, that's a three-year deal that's front-loaded and the third year is non-guaranteed. Shelvin Mack signed a two-year deal. Next year is non-guaranteed. And, and I imagine that that, that, piece, that piece is going to be valuable helping match salaries if it comes to it. Um, you know, Mario's turning down Mario Zonia's team options looking like a, a, a relatively poor decision, but you know, the way Hazonia's played, maybe he picks up some value and, and is someone that they can they can use as a sweetener to to get rid of get rid of an asset they don't want or or, or something to that effect. So um it, it, I think patience is is still the right call. Um I mean, how do you see this playing out for the magic? Is is this is this a situation where they're going to get something done at the deadline, or is this something that you know maybe some conversations at the deadline carry over to the draft? Yeah, um, I really, I really think that Hammond will will stand pat through the season, like you said. Um, you know, he stood pat in the summer. I definitely see him doing that again. There's really no reason to rush and make a trade, uh, especially at the deadline. We'll have a much better look at what the playoff picture is, and with the injuries they've uh, that they've suffered, um, I don't see their Playoff hopes really improving, so I think around then Hammond could easily just say, you know, we'll we'll wait this out, and then in the summer, you know, Vucevic could be healthy and could have finished the season strong, and he'll fall down to a one-year deal, which becomes like a really nice trade chip because it's expiring, and Fournier falls down to three years, which is much more realistic to deal, and if he holds out until then. You know, it'll really be if he demonstrates that patience, you know, I'll love that because the issues Hennigan had there was just that, you know, it was like his mind was almost never made up of of what he wanted. You know, he made the Howard trade and then he wanted to rebuild 
And then like he kept trying to make these these short-sighted moves, you know, dealing Tobias Harris and then dealing Oladipo to get a rental on Serge Ibaka. Um, it was just all this short-sighted stuff that, you know, clearly in the long run hurt, hurt the team. Uh, wasn't ideal because if he hadn't made those moves, you know, some could argue the rebuild worked out. You could be looking at a core of Gordon Harris and Oladipo, which would be really, really nice. You know, Bismack Biombo next to that might be okay. <laughs> um, Let's not but, go too far. <laughs> <laughs> all right, maybe not, maybe not. But still, or, you know, maybe they wouldn't have even had the money to offer him that 17 mil. <laughs> um, I mean, my, my argument on that front has always been that you know, maybe the decision to trade Tobias Harris was necessary. Victor Oladipo made a made an interesting comment uh, a few weeks ago, saying in Orlando it just felt like everyone was competing against each other. That that everyone was kind of looking for their piece of the pie almost. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I, I think there was something to trading Tobias Harris, but honestly, to trade him for essentially expiring contracts to create cap room in that summer was clearly a huge mistake. And, and honestly, I think uh, pressure. I think I think honestly, what the Magic should have done in that situation was hold on to Harris until the summer and use and and he would have been more valuable as a trade chip at the trade deadline the following year or if a team didn't get the guy that they wanted in free agency now all of a sudden you've got a cost controlled guy signed to a contract before the cap spike who you know is is a young player and the magic could have maybe gotten a better return for a veteran than they did Oladipo for Ibaka so um, or, you know, maybe they would have just done the Harris for Baca deal and you would have had Oladipo and Ibaka together. But um, it, it, there, there's definitely better options. And it felt like, you know, whether it was coming from management uh, or whatever, that Rob Hennigan felt like he had to expedite the timeline a little bit too much. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, it could have come from management and management was probably hearing from, you know, fans and, and ticket sales and all that. Um, so that could have forced him to rush. Um and, you know, Vucevic is still a dealable guy. And, you know, right right now, you know, the next two or three seasons look like it's going to be more of the same for the Magic, um, unless they can make a really good draft pick who surprises people, um, which could always happen. Or, you know, I mean, that's about it. You know, other than that, it looks like, you know, maybe they make the playoffs one of those seasons, but that's really about it. And then after that, um, you know, they got to start looking at when Biombo's deal runs out. Um Maybe they have Fournier and, and Vucevic dealt by then, and then they can start, you know, re, really adding pieces around Aaron Gordon. And one of the guys who I brought up uh, to you, which would be tough when we were talking about this, was, you know, the guy I looked at, and they really need some pieces to align for this to happen. But if Charlotte decides they want to blow it up, which is looking like it might be more likely as the days go on, um, they got to call and see if Kemba Walker is available for some of their draft picks, you know, and then they make the salaries work, but you know, he's on a two year deal at 12.5 mil. It's a manageable contract. Um, and if they can figure out, you know, a way to add him, maybe they sneak in the playoffs one year and, you know, they please the fans a little bit. And then they, maybe they have the, the salary cap to resign him at some point, or if not, you know, they got in the playoffs one season, fans are a little content, and they can wait out, you know, one more year, two more years of, of not making the playoffs just a little bit and really let that core grow and become something. And then the Magic can become, you know, a playoff mainstay and try and grow from there. Yeah, it, the Kemba Walker, I mean, when you pitched, when you pitched the Kemba Walker idea, I thought that was really, really interesting. Um, 
you know, I'm I, I'm not as familiar with Charlotte's situation. Obviously, um, you know, they're, they're struggling a little bit. Like Orlando, they've had a lot of nagging injuries. Um, they took a little bit of a risk with Dwight Howard. They're definitely in a win now mode. Uh, but it, it it seems like crazy to me to think that they might trade Kemba Walker. Uh, Kemba Walker. Uh, but it 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 feels like. Doing a deal like that would be a little bit of a kind of quick fix that the Magic, you know, kind of did to get themselves into trouble at this at this point. Um, but at the same time, it, it does feel like kind of the exact type of player the Magic would need. So if they didn't have to give up too much of their core, they could bring in a Kemble Walker, um, you know, and, and too much future assets like draft picks. But they could bring yeah. in a Kemble Walker. He would make an immediate positive impact on the team. Uh, and then they can begin growing a little bit from there. And like you said, um, I think that once I, I think the Magic's problem with free agents is they don't. Ha- there's no reason for free agents to come. They've got to draft their. They've got to draft their team essentially, uh, and look for bargains in free agency. And and that's the way they're going to have to grow and build their reputation to go after the bigger fish maybe later on down the road in a couple years. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, and the other thing that I saw you bring up on Twitter last night, which was interesting, was uh, with the inju- with the injuries, um, maybe it's time to see, you know, Vogel's this, like, conservative defensive coach guy. Uh, you know, he's, like, similar to Snyder at the Jazz. But, you know, if he, depending on what lineups he trots out there, um, maybe he could try some high-pressure defense with some of the athletic guys he has and, and see how that works. You know, you, you're not playing Busevich, so, you know, maybe try and take advantage of one of the few skills that Biombo has and his mobility. Um, hopefully Ken Burge gets called up and, you know, I, I, I'm a, I'm a huge Ken Burge fan because yeah. he came over yeah. in Europe last season and I know he's got a ton of defensive versatility and mobility. So maybe we're, all, we're all waiting out. for him to play at some point. I mean, just, uh, he just hasn't gotten much opportunity so far. Yeah. You know, and, uh, Zach Lowe wrote in his piece earlier this week, you know, Alfred Payton is, yeah. you know, doing this whole roaming thing, which, um, if he's gonna uh, like my like my point, skilled enough. <laughs> yeah, like like my point with that with with saying pre- the pressure defense is a I, I want to see the Magic take on some type of identity and I, I think that they they've had a lot of energy problems of late and so if you implement a a, a unique defensive style something that kind of gets guys excited and kind of forces them to snap to attention maybe they'll start bringing the energy and if Alfred Payton's gonna roam around the court you know and leave guys open anyway use it like why not I mean this is the team you got you might as well just use it and I don't think that the Magic should quote-unquote break their rules so much but you gotta find I think I think what Vogel's really struggled with and and, you know maybe he's not the coach for this team I think that's a legitimate question that's been brought up throughout the season as as really the last two years I I really feel like all of Vogel's flaws as a coach have really been exposed um, in, in a way that they weren't in Indiana they were there in Indiana but they were a good team yeah. Um, and so I think that you got to find ways to just kind of spark some energy in this team. And that's been a real big struggle for, for the whole group, honestly. Um, and, and a big reason why that I think that they've struggled the way they've struggled just to, just to be competitive at times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and like you said, we, you know, Vogel's flaws kind of got exposed a little bit in the end of his time in Indiana, but having Paul George can cover up yep. quite a bit of flaws as a coach. Um, and he does doesn't have that player in Orlando, which is, is really making it tougher for him. And, you know, I'm sure it's as soon as Hammond took the job, you know, and Weltman, I'm sure like something that was on their mind was, you know, is Vogel the guy for this team? And I'm sure they've had many conversations and, you know, if, if they end up with a really bad record again this year, um, 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see him let go. And it's probably the right thing to do at that point. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a question. I've, I've told, I mean, I've told everyone... Essentially, the uh, and, and I mean, I'm, I'll, I guess I'll explain this this to you in case in case you haven't heard me talk about this. I've always called this season a a no lose season for the Magic. Essentially, the whole goal of the year was to evaluate everything on the roster, whether you know from the 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 roster itself, the players on the team, who gets to stay, who who's going to be moving on, uh, and 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 really just to just to kind of get a sense of what they have, as well as figure out what direction they need to go and who kind of fits the long-term vision of this team. And, and so I think pretty much everyone except for Jonathan Isaac, um, I would include Aaron Gordon in there, although I'll, I'll ask a little bit more about him in a moment. Um, everyone on this team is essentially under the microscope with new management, as they should be. Uh, and that includes the coach, um, to be to be honest. And, and it wouldn't again, it wouldn't surprise me if... They decide at the end of the year that, yeah, uh, we don't think you're the right coach for this team or, or the direction we're trying to head. Um, uh, or at the very least, it kind of puts Vogel on notice next year. Like, okay, you had a year. We decided that the players were the problem. Now we've brought in our players. Now it's your turn to deliver. And so I think that that's, that's definitely something that's on the table. Um, and, and I think something that's that's interesting that that maybe we didn't discuss very much, or or, or Magic fans don't want to discuss very much because he's had such a good season, is what do the Magic do with Aaron Gordon? Um, like you said, it, it looks like he's going to get a max contract. Um, I would, I, I if if he gets a max offer sheet, I would offer him a max offer sheet. I I've likened his upcoming free restricted free agency to Tobias Harris, where mm-hmm. essentially, essentially, I, I, from everything I understood. Uh, the Magic told Tobias Harris, go get a max offer sheet and we will match it. And he did, and they they were able to negotiate him down a little bit um, and, and keep him in Orlando rather than him going sign where where he got his max offer sheet. Uh, it, it feels like this summer is going to play the same way for Aaron Gordon, but let's say you know the Magic going into a rebuild mode don't want to give another $20 million a year contract. In that scenario, they would have Evan Fournier at 17, Bismack Biombo at 17, and then Aaron Gordon at 20. That's a lot of money committed, and that's a team that you want to win because you've committed a lot of long-term money to that team. Do you see it possible that the Magic decide, you know, we're not willing to make that cost. We're going to cash in a little bit and and look to build for the future by trading Aaron Gordon. Um, it's a tough decision, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I don't think that's how it's going to play out, but... I think it's at least something you've got to consider a little bit. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, you know, Hammond knows he's got to consider just about everything in his, you know, bag of limited options at this point. And I'd be surprised if one of those things wasn't dealing Aaron Gordon. Um, The question is, you know, you you know, you probably, maybe you sign and trade him when he gets that max offer sheet. Um, Maybe because dealing him earlier, making the salaries match might be tough unless, you know, maybe if you deal Gordon, you can attach that Biombo deal to it. Uh, I don't know anybody who takes that, um, but 
you know, if you could do that, I mean, that gets you out of a lot of trouble. And then maybe Evan Fournier's 17 mil and then turn it into a three-year deal in the summer really doesn't look bad at all. Um, it's a really tough call. And I think they would really need a healthy package back yeah. on the Gordon yeah. deal to, to make it reasonable because, you know. Probably, probably fans, an established yeah. yeah, fans have watched them deal Oladipo and Harris. And like you said, the Harris deal seemed necessary, you know. All the people that is common and, you know, but I'm sure the majority of fans, you know, were, are upset that, like you said, those two guys are off the team and now playing well. And if the same thing were to happen to Gordon, you know, they're just going to get even more upset. So it would need to be a really, really healthy, you know, ROI return on investment for him to make that deal happen and, and keep people happy, you know, maybe multiple first round picks, um, like you said, an established star, you know, an established star and a future first round pick. Um, and I'm not, you know, I, I'm curious as to what, what the market is right is right now out there for Gordon. I'm not sure many other teams look at him the way the Magic do due to how their roster is constructed and what they've done over the years. You know, I'm not sure many teams are looking at Gordon and saying, you know, we want this to be our max guy and maybe somebody that gets our fans excited. Um, I think the Magic look at them right that look at them right like that right now because you know again it's limited options for them in that role. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a, it's an interesting thought experiment. Like like I said, I I think that the Magic ultimately keep Gordon. If anything, re-signing him to whatever deal that he gets, um, if he grows the way you anticipate him growing, even if he isn't a quote unquote max guy at the end of the day. Um, I, I still think that his age and, and his potential makes him valuable to, to trade if it if it comes down down the road. So maybe now is not the right time, but anytime a player comes to the end of their contract, these questions have to be raised and you have to ask them. Uh, so uh, so I'll ask them. Um, uh, the other guy who's a restricted free agent, though, that I think is a lot more interesting is Alfred Payton. Um, you know, I think Magic fans have, have been relatively dissatisfied with Payton throughout the season. He's playing a lot better now. Um, he's, he's starting to put up some some really gaudy numbers, but obviously he's a flawed player. It's not just his jump shooting. It's his defense more than anything else. Um, but it doesn't feel like the Magic are going to keep him, um, even though this is a weak draft for point guards. Uh, what direction do you see the Magic going with him, and, and what do you think his trade market is like? Um, I think the initial trade market for him is, is, uh, is just, you know, a salary filler to make a deal work. Um, but like I said, maybe there's a couple teams out there who are interested in his restricted free agent rights. You know, it's, he's disappointing in so many ways because, um, the defensive potential is there for him. You know, he's, he can be a really solid one-on-one defender at times. He's got good athleticism and good length. Um, and then he just, you know, there are certain possessions where you watch him, you can tell he just kind of said about that possession, you know, I'm not going to guard anybody. And, you know, when a player does things like that, it's just frustrating when you know he has the, the skill on that end. And, you know, I joked that he might care more about his hair than his jump shot because I'm, I'm really convinced that, you know, if he changed his haircut, he might shoot a little bit better. Um, it really looks like sometimes when I watch him shoot that he has to change his form for the way he has that set up. But, he puts up numbers. He sets guys up. He occasionally has has good night scoring. He gets rebounds as well. Um, so maybe there is a team out there that looks at him and says, you know, he's just in a bad environment. I mean, Oladipo left and he's playing well, and Harris left and he's playing well. Maybe there's a team who looks at Peyton and says, you know, if we get him here, he'll start playing better and, and become a different type of player. 
So, you know, you have to find who out there would want restricted free agent rights on that guy. And like I brought up the Suns, but again, I don't know what comes back in that deal. That makes it a good deal yeah. for the magic. Um, and then after that, the market just really thins out. I, I don't know who's really looking for that type of point guard. Um, unless what they do is some type of sign and trade with them in the summer. Um, Which I mean, maybe because the guard agreement is just much tougher. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And, you know, maybe, maybe they just get back, you know, a matching salary and a couple of second round picks for him, which might not be all that bad in the end. Um, allocating picks, you know, could help them. They could either use them or, you know, throw them in to grab a guy like Kemba or somebody in the future. I mean, I'm thinking about this now. I mean, are there other players in that draft class that might be on the move where a team is willing to maybe swap a player from that 2014 NBA draft or even the 2015 NBA draft before they become free agents. And I'm looking at this now. It's kind of crazy. Uh, Aaron Gordon is third in win shares on in that 20, 2014 draft class now, which is kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Embiid, Embiid is, Embiid's been hurt. Parker's been hurt, but that's still kind of crazy. Like, like I'm thinking, like, I'm thinking, like, I, I know when, 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 when that draft was coming around, everyone thought the Magic were going to take Dante Exum. You know, if the if the Jazz are you know if the Jazz are looking to move off Exum, let's say, or or give Peyton their their chance in their offense, maybe would would that be the kind of risk the Magic take a kind of a kind of low risk guy? They might be willing to resign if they can get him out on the floor a little bit. You know, are there players like that in 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 this draft class or even even in the 2015 draft that that might that might fit a little bit better? Yeah, maybe Exum is interesting. I looked at him a little bit when I was looking at uh, trade opportunities with the Jazz. Um, you know, it's tough because at this point, I'm really not sure if the Jazz just keep signing injured play- guys who get hurt all the time or if it's their training staff. Um, and I'm really starting to lead towards training staff. A guy like Gobert, you understand when he keeps getting hurt just because his body isn't built to be healthy. But just about everybody else, um, you really kind of start to wonder if it's the player. Um so maybe if they if they take that flyer on Exum, you know he could work out in a new setting, um, not getting hurt as much. I mean, I'm, I I don't imagine uh, fans would want to bring on another injury prone player with all the injuries they've had this season. Uh, but you know sometimes you just gotta make do with what you can. Um, I'm looking at the rest of it here. There's really not a lot in that 2014 class. Um, you know unless. I mean, I don't think the Spurs have an interest in. Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, yeah, and Alfred. I, Payton. I don't see. I don't see like I don't see Alfred Payton going to a winning team in a trade. Yeah, uh, let's 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 put it that way. I mean, mostly when you think of buyers and sellers at the at the trade deadline, your buyers are teams in the playoffs trying to make the playoffs. Your sellers are teams that have pretty much lost their season already and are trying to to get rid of get rid of some pieces or free up some cap room. Uh, and so, you know, I think you know honestly, what I think is interesting about the Magic situation is they know they're probably not going to have any cap room until the summer of 2020. Yeah. So they might be willing to trade uh, an expiring contract like like an Alfred Payton or you know someone else to take on a guy that maybe has an extra year on his deal because they know they're not going to be able to do anything in free agency until then. So just have all their contracts lined up for that summer when let's say let's say I mean they're going to they're probably going to end up with a top 7 pick this year. 
So now you've got your core of Aaron Gordon on his long-term deal. Jonathan Isaac coming into his own. A high draft pick in this year's draft. Maybe another high draft pick after the 2019 draft. And now you've got that core established heading into the summer of 2020 when you might actually have some money again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and that seems to be the direction that, that the Magic are headed at this point. Yeah, and I think that, you know, I think that's a really safe safe bet and, and safe, uh, you know, light at the end of the tunnel scenario for them to look at. Um, I mean, don't tell because, that to Magic fans. That's, that's two years of wandering in the desert. Um, you know, building off of hope. I mean, I mean, let, let, I mean, be, to be real, that it's kind of a building off of, you know, Gordon has come into his own, developed into a potential star, carrying the team maybe by that point. Um, you've got you've got Jonathan Isaac. No one knows what he's going to be yet. Um, at some point, you got to move him into the starting lineup or find a way to get him into the starting lineup. But uh, you know, essentially, you know what Ross and Vucevic's deals expire at the end of next season. So there's you're coming into a little bit of money. Uh, you know, by the by 2020, Fournier is off the books. Biombo can get can get off the books or seems a little bit more movable. It, it, it's two years lost in the desert, but it's two years where you're hopefully building up hope in the guys that 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 the new management have brought in either through the draft or, or, or through or, or through the guys that, that they've kept on the roster as well. So, you know, it, it it sounds bleak for a team that's been out of the playoffs for so long and a, and a fan base that's really hungry for any type of success. I mean, I think, you know, when you when you talk to Magic fans and and, and, and Bill Simmons kind of jokes that the Magic don't have any fans, I, I that's we're, we're not nationally recognized. And, and I think that Magic fans have a little bit of a complex where they just want people to notice them. Um, and I think that's kind of an Orlando like thing where we just we want people to notice us. We're not just Disney and, and whatnot, um, especially because we're such a transplant town. But um, the sociology of Magic fans we can get into another day. Uh, but I, I think that really what Magic fans want more than anything is something to believe in and, and a product that that they can watch. I mean, I think honestly, what's most disappointing about this season is not that the team has lost so much; it's that they've been getting blown out at home a lot. And, and, yeah. and don't seem competitive. And, and it's been that way for two, three years now. And that part has been what's been most frustrating, I think, to a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, like you said, fans fans are, are just are just craving for some success. As, you know, a Sixers fan, I, I understand where you guys are at. You know, I was, I was there watching those process years, and it was just like, you know, could we just have one season where we win, like, 25 games? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I understand all that, and and it luck would be plays a factor in it too. Like, let's not let's be real. I mean, the Magic. I, I've argued to everyone. Everyone says, "Oh, the Magic need to do what the Sixers did." And I was like, "Hey, I do wish the Magic had the the guts to do what the Sixers did." Uh, but at the same time, the Magic did do a lot of what Philadelphia did, where yeah. they lost for a lot of years, and where Philadelphia got the third pick, the first pick, and then the and then the first pick again, or the second or the third pick again. The Magic ended up with the second pick in a very weak draft, the fourth pick in a three-player draft, and then the fifth pick. Um, yeah. You know, they 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 never were able to get the lottery luck that they've that they've had throughout their franchise history, and that the whole plan that Hennigan had depended on. Yeah, and then you know, again, he was you know he ended up trying to make some some short-sighted fixes. Yep. You know, which which Hinky never did with the Sixers, which was kind of what made his tanking process so out of this world was that he just didn't care about reaching the salary floor, didn't care about always having NBA players on the floor. Um, he really just accepted multiple 70 loss seasons, which was, you know, un- unheard of to that, to that point. 
and and kind of still is. Um, and again, me and you both know that uh, Magic fans don't want to hear the the phrase, you know, long term rebuild again. They're not they're not looking for that. That's not what they want. Um, but maybe if in these years, you know, to leading up to twenty twenty, if they move, you know. Fournier in that time and maybe get back some okay pieces for him or, you know, or just dump him and then are able to, to sign somebody who kind of makes fans happy. And if they just have, you know, one season in there where they make some kind of playoff push, um, I think that could hold fans together for a little bit until that 2020 season comes. And, you know, with just that newfound bit of hope, hopefully a, a nice young core, and then if they add tack on a free agent signing to that, you know, I think fans will really start to come around and be happy about the direction the franchise is heading in. Yeah, honestly, I think, I think for the last three years, the the Magic have been trying to kind of reach that level that we're talking about where they're maybe not in the playoffs yet, but they're competitive and they're just outside the playoffs. And that's when they can start selling fans. They can start selling free agents on, come here, we're building something. And I think that's... That's where the Magic want to be, and it, it, it it's frustrating to see them take such a big step back this year uh, as a fan, uh, and, and, frust- and and frustrating to watch them play, knowing that they can play a lot better. And, and it's honestly, you know, I think I think part of the issue is, and, and this is this is something I think you you got at in your article, uh, is is that the Magic just need to flip over their core. You know, the the yeah. the, the Nikola Vucevic, Evan Fournier, they're great guys. They've been fantastic for this team um, individually, but. The success just isn't there, and it's clear that that they are not quite what the team needs. Alfred Payton, the same way, um, they're not quite what the team needs. And, and Gordon's shown enough to intrigue, and has broken out this year. and And I've kind of said, you know, since as the Magic have kind of fallen down on hard times this season, honestly, the main goal of this season now is figure out what Aaron Gordon can do, give him the opportunity and and space to grow. And figure out how best to build around him, how to build around him and Jonathan Isaac at this point. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I think once Isaac is healthy, you put him in the starting lineup over over Jonathan Simmons, uh, if if that's what it takes. Or you know, I don't think you bring Evan Fournier off the bench if you're trying to trade him, obviously. But you you you, st- you need to start emphasizing the guys uh, if the season is truly lost, which you know I I think. You know that there, there's a saying, there's a quote that goes around, or or the, or the stat that goes around that the stand, the playoff standings are essentially set at Christmas, um, and the Magic are closer to the top overall pick in the draft than they are the playoffs at Christmas. Um, it, 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 I'm not saying that the Magic should be tanking because I don't believe in tanking. If you're bad, you're going to be bad. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, but you need to be emphasizing the guys that matter to you. Um, and so I think that's that's a part that's that's the rest of this magic season once they get healthy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we saw the the Heat almost pull off a, a crazy turnaround last season, and yeah, you know, maybe if the Magic get healthy, they have something like that up their sleeve. But I I don't see it, you know. But if they just you know they just need to remain patient. You know, you don't we don't want to see Hammond making those short sighted deals that Hennigan made, um, and you know they've been. I think it's safe to say, you know, unlucky for the most part with draft picks. Like you said, where they fell, what draft picks, you know, what what drafts they were in. Um, the problem is this year is, you know, if they decide not to keep Fournier and either deal those restricted free agent rights or just not match an offer that he gets, um, this isn't a point guard heavy draft class. 
Mm-hmm. So really, no matter where they end up at seven, they're probably not going to get a point guard in. So you could be looking at another season of, you know, Augustine and Shelvin Mack. Um, or finding someone on the market somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, you know, the other thing that comes with, with Fournier is that, you know, like you said, you know, he's, you know, I'm, I'm sure the Magic franchise liked him. He's, he's played well. Um, he's kind of done what he can. And it was one of the few nice trade trips that, that Hennigan found in his time. But um, he clearly takes touches away from Gordon. Yes. Um, and if you start starting Isaac, he's going to take touches away from him too. Well, right and- now Isaac doesn't need touches. It's just uh, I, I, I don't think they want they're they're I don't think they've let Isaac completely loose offensively. Yeah, yeah, um, you know, but so definitely taking touches away from Gordon and you know guys like him and Payton and Vucevic, like you brought up. I mean, although you know they're skilled players in their own right, and you know they could maybe fit somewhere, the three of them as part of a core are not conducive to winning. Um. And if that's the case with players, you know, you just kind of have to look at that and be like, this can't be our core for the future. What can we get for these guys or what's the long-term plan for them? Um, Which is, you know, kind of sucks to say when you're a franchise that's at year five of what was supposed to be a five-year rebuild and you're looking at two of your three best players and then a guy who's who's coming up on restricted free agency and saying, you know, these guys probably don't help us in the future, you know, or maybe only one out of three of them does. But that's the situation they're in. So, you know, they just have to figure out what they can do with their roster. And as we've said, the best moves kind of appear to be if they decide to deal those guys, you know, salary dumps that regain financial flexibility and, you know, maybe help this team acquire somebody that gets fans excited um, in terms of puts them in playoff pushes and then they become a free agent destination like the Sixers finally became this summer, you know, and they were able to sign J.J. Reddick to that huge one-year deal. Um, and maybe that's what's something the Magic are, are looking at a few years from now. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how the Magic play this thing out and, and how how this team develops. Um, you, you noted it um, in passing. Uh, I'll, I'll put you on the spot a little bit here. Uh, I have not done a ton of draft research yet other than to say Luka Doncic is the truth, but... Uh, and and Trey Young, I mean, uh, uh, jokingly, uh, I, I I'm a Northwestern guy, so I, I I was at the Magic Pelicans game on on Friday, uh, and had Northwestern Oklahoma on my TV screen. So not only did I watch the Magic get blown out by 20, I also watched Northwestern get blown out by 30. Um, but that Trey Young kid is very very good. Um, it does not surprise me that he has quickly climbed up draft boards. Uh, but what does this draft look like? And, and, and I think what's interesting for the Magic is that there are a lot of fours and fives at the top of this draft. And the Magic probably need a center, um, but they don't need another power forward. Um, and so what, uh, what, what are your early, I mean, if, if, you, if you know, I mean, maybe you don't. What are your early impressions of, of the draft and how that fits into this team's future? Yeah, um, I'm, not, I'm not a huge draft guy. I pay, okay. you know, some Sorry attention you on to the spot, it. Then. Um, yeah, but, it, but it's fine. You know, I've seen a ton of Luka Doncic. I've been watching him for like yeah, two straight seasons now being really a Euro good. guy. Um, you know, so I love him, but, um, like I said, it's, it's, it's not a point guard heavy class, which kind of hurts, um, the Rockets or not the Rockets, the, the magic a little bit. So don't um, worry, we're a Rockets feeder team, <laughs> but you know, they do, they do have, you know, like you said, they're probably going to get a top seven pick. And while they probably don't get, you know, Trey Young or Bagley or Doncic or, or Porter Jr. in there, um, 
there could be there's going to be a prospect at that spot and those things can always can always work out so it's just it's a top heavy draft um maybe they get lucky and, and Porter Jr.'s injury makes them fall if, if they luck out in the lottery and luck into a top five pick. You know, right now they're one of the, one of the, just sadly one of the worst records in the league. If guys keep getting hurt, they could just end up with a top five pick. And based on their track record, you know, they're going to get one of these right eventually. Um, and that could really change how their future looks. You know, then Max and Gordon seems okay because they'll have maybe another start of Max alongside him. Um, so maybe if they fall into that top five area, um, their young core for the future really starts to turn around. You know, Isaac Gordon and one of the top five picks in this draft uh, really, really changed the long-term outlook for this team if they somehow end up there. Yeah, and, and, and as things stand right now, the Magic would draft fourth in the lottery order. Um, it only took me two times to get them into the top three, so uh, Tankathon. So yes, we're playing Tankathon already. Uh, but uh, it, 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 that part obviously looks brighter than than maybe some of the other parts, and and you know, uh, you know, it's it's it sucks as a, as even a reporter covering the team to have to be thinking about the draft at Christmas. But here we are, um, Andrew. I want to thank you for coming on the show today and talking a little bit about the magic and and, and the trade market. Uh, tell everyone where where they can find where they can find you online and and uh, where they can they can find your work. Oh, yeah. Um, of course. Thanks again for having me, Phil. Uh, I was happy to come on. Um, online, you can find me on, on Twitter uh, at A Bernuka, A and then B-E-R-N-U-C-C-A. Um, and, you know, most of my work is, is, is uh, I've got some work at the setback. Um, used to write for Death Pen, so I've got some stuff over there as well. And then a few other small Euro sites, such as uh, Courtside Diaries. So you can find my stuff all throughout there. Um, tweet out most of my articles and um, I'm always looking to talk hoops for anybody's listening. You know, if I said something on, on here that you don't agree with, or you want to hear more about find me on Twitter and I'm always looking to discuss more. You know, I, I told you when, you know, we were talking off chat that like, I'm not a magic fan, but you know, these are the teams who for some reason really interest me trying to figure out what their long-term goals are. So I'm always willing to talk about these guys, and you know, I know you guys have fans. Uh, when I put out, as soon as I put out that tweet looking for trade help, and you retweeted it, a whole bunch of people started talking to me. So, you know, those people are definitely out there. And you know, if you feel like you're alone, come try and talk to me. Let's see, maybe somebody will show me something new, or we'll figure something out. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I say this, I say this about Magic fans a lot. Um, you know, I've been, I've followed the team obviously for pretty much my entire life. Uh, I do think. Magic fandom, and I, I do mean this to, to, to any to all the fans that are still listening. Uh, I think Magic fandom is as is as healthy as it's been in a very long time, uh, or it, it really as healthy as it's ever been. Um, I think that there are a lot of fans that are kind of dormant and waiting for the team to get get good, and and that's normal. Bandwagon fans are normal and accepted, and we love them. Uh, but I think that there are a lot of fans who are as engaged as ever with this team and want this team to do well and 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 want this team to to be go- be good. They're not as vocal maybe as as other fan bases because Orlando is a relatively small market. But I, I think that Magic fans have been as engaged as 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 at any point in team history during this rebuild, which is unfortunate that it happens during a really crappy rebuild. Um, to, to yeah. be honest. Uh, but uh, but like I, I think back to when Tracy McGrady was here. Uh, and the team was a playoff team every year, and no one showed up at the building. Um, you know, yeah. I, I think that 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 culture, the fan culture, has completely changed. 
everyone wants the magic to succeed. Everyone wants the magic to be good. And that passion plays out in the frustration that, that everyone's feeling about this team. So, like, I, I mean, I, I, I think that there are some national jokes about how there are no magic fans. That's not true. I, I, I think that's unequivocally not true. It may, not, it, may not, it may be true nationally that there aren't a ton of Magic fans out in the world. Um, that's also because we're, we're still a very young franchise. I mean, I, 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 I'll, I'll, I can talk about Magic fan sociology, <laughs> um, and I'll probably will during the summer because it's a really, to me, it's a really interesting topic that has a lot to do with how the city itself has grown up. Uh, but this is essentially a transplant city, and right now, you know, Magic are 29 years old. Uh, we're, we're experiencing the first generation of Magic fans buying season tickets really for the first time. And so I think that's that's where a lot of this comes from. And a lot of the frustration comes from because they want the team to be as good as they were when they were when they were young and when they were growing up. Uh, and, and they're not seeing it. And, 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 and frustration is valid because the future is not clear, as, as I think we've played out in, in this last hour. Uh, Andrew, I want to thank you for coming on the show today um, and, and talking a little bit about this. Uh, I'm going to go through my clothes now. Uh, if, you, if you're looking for Andrew, you can find him at Abernuka. Yep. Perfect. Uh, you can find Andrew at Abernuka as well as at thestepback.com, a site that I also contribute to on occasion as well. If you want to follow the podcast, you can do so on Twitter at Locked On Magic as well as like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. There goes my alarm. Um, mm-hmm. You can also... Find us on. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places that you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us for another episode of Locked On Magic and the Orlando Magic Daily Podcast for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Rossman Reich with Andrew Pernuka. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.